The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This just has to me... Ah, here it comes! He's got get right, right terrible towel, pasta, and meatballs. Pittsburgh right Steelers, go ahead. Tell me your score. What are the Steelers going to win by? Tell me. And when they did, I didn't nail the score, but I got the pick right, and I was there somehow with minus seven yards in the fourth quarter. They went from down 22 to 19 to up 26 to 22. It's unbelievable. It, it really is, and the offense needs a lot of work, and they want to fire Matt Canada. They need to get the ball to George Pickens, but the Steelers got it done. And there are Sunday night game this week at the Las Vegas Raiders. We'll get to that later. This is the Chris Sims Unbuttoned PFTPM Joint Mega Picks Podcast for Week 3. And I was true to my position after Week 1 when you kicked my ass. I don't need Pete to send us the full breakdown of who was right and who was wrong oh on Monday God. or Tuesday or Took Wednesday. A it's a Thursday week. issue. And I was true to it this week, even though I kicked this shit <laughs> out of Christopher. I kicked your ass. Although we suck against the spread. Hey, anybody out there that's thinking about using our picks for purposes of putting a little money down against the spread, I would say stick with the money line, not the spread. Yeah, I have people kind of come. Hey, I have people come up to me all the time. Thank you. Just delete it. Right. Well, uh, I, you know, I, I, I took a few chances last week, right? I don't feel bad about. Oh, the, I'd say you did. Yeah, you know, the one I'm like the most dis- Raiders yeah. over the Bills. Yeah, that was the chance, and then the Jaguars over the Chiefs. The, those were two where I like I kicked myself watching the game, going, well, "Why? This? Why would you? Why would you do that?" Right? Right? So th- those ones bothered me. You know, the Steelers one, I can deal with that, right? Uh, the Colts. You know, that matchup last weekend, yeah, I took a little chance. The Texans being at home, I thought the defense looked good week one, so I took my lumps. But I have people all the time come up to me and go, you're pretty good at picking games, but you stink against the spread. So I'm going to try to improve that here uh, so they can be, so I can be a little more re- reliable for the people out there. I don't care about the spread. I care about getting the game right. That's so the number I one don't thing. Right. Put as much thought into the spread aspect. I and mean, I just pick the score that comes to me. I pick the score. It's just like I trust that because you and I are locked into the NFL all the time, all year long. This isn't just in season for us. We're doing this all year long. The only time we take a breather is when it all shuts down from the middle of June to the middle of July. And even then, we're still paying attention to it. So. I just assume that everything we carry around, everything we think about, everything we eat, live, breathe, and shit as it relates to football just bubbles up when it's time to pick a score. So I trust that gut. I trust the pasta and meatballs. And it served me well last week. It definitely did. Four and one in our five games of disagreements because I wasn't ready to start doing any kooky stuff. And I'm happy to be 11 and five last week because I was underwater last week. Good job. I'm above... Above 500 by four games now and one game ahead of you. We got 15 weeks left, though. This may be back and forth all year long. So let's get to it. Here we go. Oh, by the way, before we do that. Got to pay the bills, Mike. That we have the DraftKings Pick'em Pool. Every week this season, you can play along with us. DraftKings has set up the free $1,000 Florio and Sims Pick'em Pool. Pick every game against the spread for a chance at a $1,000 prize pool every week. Download the DraftKings app, click on the Pools tab, and enter free. $1,000 Florio and Sims Pick'em Pool to make your picks or visit DraftKings.com slash pools. Just like us, you have to enter all of your picks before kickoff of the Thursday game. Every game, every day, Monday and Sunday, you got to do it by the game 
time beginning on Thursday. And Pete says we've got 10,000 people already signed up for it. Wow, that's this cool. This week, which I like it. Uh, is about 9,995 who will do better than us. <laughs> but uh, we're going to try our best. And we begin with Thursday Night Football. Giants at the 49ers. Once upon a time, 1990, this was the biggest audience in years, in decades, for a football game because they were both 10-1. and one. Remember that? They were on a collision oh, course to go into it undefeated. Big game, huge game. Is that the game where Phil broke his leg? I'm not trying to be an ass. Is no, that no. when it happened? No, that, that was that the game, game where him and Ronnie Lott got into it after the game, right? So, uh, yeah, you're laying it out right. You know, there's a great history between the Giants and 49ers. Both teams were 10-0. and Both teams lost the week before they were going to play each other. I believe the Niners lost to the Rams and the Giants lost to the Eagles. That set them both up for being 10-1 and in that showdown. It was a tough, hard-hitting football game. But, no, my dad broke his foot. I believe it was two weeks later against the Buffalo Bills, and Bruce Smith kind of fell on the back of it, and that was the end of his season. And then they had the rematch in the NFC Championship. That was the game where Joe Montana just got obliterated. Yes. Obliterated. Was it Jim Burt who hit him from behind? It was Is Leonard Marshall. Was? Obliterated. And, and I remember Pat Summerall going, and the report from the bench on Montana is everything hurts. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> I can still remember going, I never heard one like that. That was a, that was a good one. Uh, but, yeah, he got killed. He avoided Lawrence Taylor, I believe. And then as he set up the throw, he didn't realize Leonard Marshall had about a 20-yard running head start destroyed. and just destroyed him is right. Destroyed. All right. Uh, tonight, good chance the 49ers will destroy the Giants. Ten-and-a-half-point favorites is the home team. Giants don't have Saquon Barkley or Andrew Thomas or Ben Bredesen or Aziz Ojolari. Going to be a tall order for the Giants. So we talked about this earlier on PFT Live. We're both clearly – going to pick the 49ers to win the question is do they cover right the 10 and a half point spread with an over under of 44 yeah I, I I'm I, you know I, I debated it a little bit like do I want to is, is 10 and a half too much but the more I thought about it the more I started to feel like eh not really I don't think so uh, this 49er football team we know is extremely good it's their home opener the crowd's going to be crazy the Giants, those injuries bother me. Yes, Saquon Barkley bothers me. But like I told you earlier, the two injuries on the offensive line bother me more than, than maybe even Saquon, especially against this 49er D line. Uh, that, so there's that. You know, and then not having Ojolari, this is a team that can't get after the quarterback right now. They got no pass rusher that is a real threat. And I could argue that really he's their best pass rusher. So him not being available, a young secondary I just think it sets up for, you know, I, I, I think this would be a total blowout if it was a full week. But since it's like a four-day preparation, and I think that kind of handicaps Shanahan because of his creativity, he doesn't get those extra few days, I think the Giants might hang around a little bit. But I'm taking 49ers 30-17, to 17, Mike. Yeah, as, oh my God, are you serious? Here we go. Here we go. 30-17. to 17. Put same put me down for the same one. I thought about thirty to twenty one because you never know what's going to happen at the end of the game. You never know when some smart ass is going to kick a field goal with four seconds left and cover the spread like Sean McVay did. And we both would have been one game better against the spread last How week dare he. if he just takes a knee, right? Hey, let me tell you, that's one of our biggest stories of the week. Yeah, because I mean, people can see through it when the NFL is going to fully embrace the sponsorship aspect of sports wagering and the commercials are going to be on TV and we talk about it and we've got the DraftKings thing. You can't act like you don't know what the, the spread is. And so when you kick a field goal with four seconds left in the game that covers the spread, people are going to think that. Anyway, that's a different point for a different day. 30 to 17 is my score as well. I agree with you. If it wasn't what Kyle wanted to call a shit show of trying to jam six days into three to get ready for the game, it would be even worse. And I hold out hope it'll be closer. I hope we're wrong. I hope they cover and not backdoor meaningless cover yeah, right. a real close game. I want it to be exciting, but the 49ers are one of the best teams in football. The Giants should have been 0-2. They woke up 
from their funk on Sunday, and the Cardinals haven't learned how to win yet. Another team that has them down 28-7, a more established team, is not going to release the grip. I would Not agree going to, that. to take the foot off the throat. Yes. The Cardinals haven't learned how to do that yet. They didn't expect <laughs> to be in that situation. So we both agree. To start the week, hey, it's football. It's on TV. We recommend that you watch, but nevertheless, we both like the 49ers to win and to cover. We move on to Sunday, 1 o'clock. The Colts come back to Baltimore. What is it now? 39 years since they left out in the of middle of the night, the dark of night in March of 1984. The Ravens are seven and a half point favorites against a Colts team that might not have Anthony Richardson suffered a concussion week two against the Texans. Gardner Minshew came in and played really well. Ravens are seven and a half point favorites. They're still a little banged up. OBJ didn't practice on Wednesday. He's got an ankle problem. Who do you like in this one? Over under 46. Again, Ravens, seven and a half point favorites. Yeah, I, I, I look at, you know, it's a shame. It doesn't seem like we're going to see Anthony Richardson. The, the Colts have some banged up people on their offensive line that worry me a little bit here going forward, right? So th- those are things that scare me. This Ravens defense has played very good the first two weeks. And, and I do think if the Colts had Anthony Richardson in that quarterback design run game behind, behind Shane Steichen, would have been a real element of concern or schematical advantage for the Colts to a degree. But now we're going to get back into, hey, drop back pass offense, and we're going to have to win that way with Gardner Minshew. And I don't think the Colts are built to do that right now. So that that's where I worry about it. The Colts defense, I got respect for them. I do. You know, they're, they're stingy against the run. Uh, but but I think last week is going to be the turning the corner moment for this Ravens offense. I just think there's a little too much firepower and talent as compared, you know, the Ravens compared to the Colts in this one. I, I think this is one where the Colts hang around, make it interesting for a little bit. But ultimately, I'm going to go Ravens 27-17, and I think we continue to see growth My. in this Ravens offense. Are you serious? <laughs> You're the mentalist. You're Oz the mentalist. 27-17. Uh- I, I need to send these to Pete in advance so he realizes it's not just a bit. 27-17 is the score I put down. So this happened I, week one, was, and now we're back was, to week three. It's happening again, which is a we, good sign for me. We had like me. three or four of them. Um, yeah, it's true. That's right. true, but we're agreeing. I know. So well, hopefully we won't so hear soon. Yeah. The exact same score for two straight games. And seriously, we finished the show. I had a cup of coffee, a little breakfast, and I just sat down, and I, I just – I did the, you know, put the, yeah. what, what was the Karnak, the, the, you know, and I, I, I did my thing. And so far we've got the exact same score. All right, let's move on to the Falcons and the Lions. The Lions upset. I think we got Titans Browns first. Titans Browns first. Oh yeah. I skipped over Titans yeah. Browns. Well, I'd like to skip over Titans Browns. The over under is 39.5. I think it may be higher than that. Although I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know, I rolled the dice on a best bet with over under Packers Falcons last week. I don't know that I'm going to do it again, but 39.5 seems a little low. Browns are three and a half point favorites on the short week without Nick Chubb. A little disarray. Deshaun Watson not looking good. Deshaun Watson clearly frustrated on Monday night, either because of his play or because of whatever people are saying to him across the line of scrimmage. Titans come in after getting that win over the Chargers to get to one and one. Browns up against it after a great week one. Can they get back in the win column at home against Tennessee, Chris? What do you think? Well, I, I have faith in the Browns' defense. We know that. They've been good in, in both games, right? I mean, Jim Schwartz has definitely brought the level of play to a, to a different stratosphere compared to where it was the last few, year, the last few years. So that, that's the one thing that I do expect to be top-notch from the Browns. But the offense is the question. You know, like we hit on Tuesday morning, Deshaun Watson has seemed to have lost his magic or mojo. He doesn't even look the same in the eyes to me. And I know that's just a personal feeling or thought, whatever. But, gosh, I, I watched But you're him. right. And that matters. It does. You're right. Yeah. You're right. He All looks right. unsure of himself. He does. He looks unsure yeah. of himself. And now they're going to play. There's no Nick Chubb like you talked about. And they're going to play a defense that is going to be one of the best run-stopping defenses in football. All year long, they're already up in that category. So I don't imagine the run game for the Browns being a huge difference maker for them in this one. I don't. I've liked what the Titans have done. You know, the Titans defense is different than last year. It certainly is. I mean, they gave that Chargers offense a tough time last week. 
The Chargers ran the ball in week one, looked impressive that way. We know they can throw the ball a little bit. The Titans kind of squashed both. So that the big question is the Titans' offense. And are they going to look like the week, week one shit show that we saw, or are they going to look like week two? I'm betting a little more like week two. This one's going to be tight, but i got to see the Browns do it before I like really buy, buy into this. I, I, I do. i got to see Deshaun Watson in this passing game win a game through that you know element on the offensive side of the ball. i got to see it to believe it first. And when it's ugly, close football games, uh, I, the, Mike Vrabel and company are, are the best we've seen in football over the last few years. So that's where I'm going to go Titans here on the upset, 20-17. to 17. Oh, my God. Pete can confirm this. Pete, what's my score? What's the score I put in? This is fucked up. <laughs> three for three. Holy the shit. exact same score. We need a – I think we need a vacation for Yeah, Misha. we do. This is bizarre. Three in a row, 20 to 17. I, I really don't have a lot of faith in the Browns' offense without yeah. Nick Chubb. He's the heart and soul of that offense. Agreed, Deshaun right. Watson is very unsure of himself. And apparently he's slipping into the Ben Roethlisberger, Derek Carr, block a lot of people on Twitter category. I noticed last night someone pointing out that Watson had blocked their account. And I got curious, and I punched in Deshaun Watson. He's blocked PFT. Now, I don't know when he did at some point over the last two years. I apologize for covering this story about, you know, 25 civil lawsuits alleging sexual misconduct during massage sessions. Sorry for doing my job. We haven't been mean to Deshaun Watson. If anything, we've been supportive of Deshaun Watson over the years. We've been ridiculously supportive of Deshaun Watson. So I don't know if he's letting some of this criticism get into his head a little bit, but something's not right there, and we're going to see it play out on Sunday in Cleveland as the Titans, we believe, move to 2-1 and one by the score of 20-17. to 17. All right, now we get to the Falcons and the Lions. I skipped over titans and the browns to get to the falcons and the lions because this is one of those games where it's like hmm, hmm the yeah. falcons have looked pretty good so far that's They're right two and oh right and the packers are no slouches they manhandled the bears here come the falcons into town against the lions team that blew a game they maybe should have won against the seahawks they get that big win week one against kansas city and fall down a little bit we know there are real questions with the Detroit defense. Falcons offense looking good. Lions are favored by three with an over-under of 46.5. Who do you got? Well, I just feel like like every week with the Lions is just a coin flip. It's like, did they get it when they went on fourth down or not? It's just, it's like I never feel, you never feel comfortable. They never just, it's smooth. We played consistently well throughout the football game. You know, week one, hey, they pulled off the win. But as we said, I mean, if, if Kadarius Chubbs Tony wasn't playing receiver, I, I think we know who's going to win the game there. You know, Chubbs, you know, shaking, all in shaking the, the all in the I love when his hand fell off. And he went, oh, okay, I'll see you later. And he fake shakes his hand. That's gone, right? That's still one of the best scenes of, uh, of all time to me. But, but I, so that's where, like, the Lions worry me. The Falcons, on the other hand, are extremely consistent on both sides of the ball. They have one thing that worries me, and I'm going to bet that this is the week it turns around a little bit. The, the Desmond Ritter has to play better. The offense has to open up a little bit. They can't just think, oh, we're going to run for 150 or 200 yards every week. Now, their offensive line is really good, the Falcons. So even when you play run defense, they can still run it. And B. John Robinson is already one of the best running backs in the NFL. I mean, what he did last week was special. Just a ton of unbelievable eight and ten and five yard runs. So, you know, that and then the Falcons D is the real deal in all phases. Pass defense, run defense, they got it all. I'm gonna go with the Falcons pulling off the upset here on the road. I'm gonna go twenty four twenty one. I think they do enough to make Jared Goff in the past game slow down a little bit, and I think they're going to have their way with this Lions defense, which is still a huge question mark here You know, three weeks into the season. Well, we definitely don't have the identical score for four games in a row because I've got the Lions in this one 30-23. This, to me, is a get-right game for a Lions team that has high expectations. 
The Falcons, I think, have overachieved so far. They stole that game from the Packers. They have been consistent. And I'm not surprised by the start. People think the Falcons have been crap the past couple of years. They're 7-10 and 10 each of the last two seasons. Fringes of playoff contention. Right. And 2-0, and oh, a great way to get it started in the 2023 season. I just think it's a little too much to expect it to get to 3-0. and oh. And if they get to 3-0 and oh and send the Lions to 1-2, and two, that's early season five alarm fire for Detroit because everybody had them as being the Kings of the NFC North and a playoff contender and maybe could finally possibly yeah. win their first playoff game since 1991 over the Dallas Cowboys I, in the division. I round. hear you so there. I think the, yeah. I think the lions get back on the right side and the Falcons working on house money fall to two and one. Okay. Saints Packers Lambeau field Saints two and oh Packers one and one. Two-point favorites. Saints on that short week. You know, there's been statistics I see over the year. The Monday night team that has to go on the road the next week, and the Saints were in Carolina, so they had to come home, and now they have to travel to Green Bay, and it impairs and reduces their total prep time. The Packers had the full week to get ready. I don't know if it matters. The Packers are two-point favorites with an over-under of 42.5. Who do you like? Well, this is. I think this is one of the, the better games of Sunday at 1 p.m. right here. This is a good one. I mean, both teams have a pretty talented roster. Uh, I, I, I like this, this Packers defense still. I know they got ran on last week. But like I said, when you watch back the film, you, you kind of just go, you watch it and you go, damn, it didn't feel like they ran for 200 yards, right? It just was like like some plays where we talked about. Like, they played good defense. Bijan Robinson was just special and made some people miss. And there were some creative design runs and some big moments by the coaches that kind of busted things open there. The Saints haven't been able to run the football. So that's that's one thing I look at. The pass game itself with the Saints has been eh, underwhelming as well for the talent they have. Like we said Tuesday, they kind of want they they have left me wanting more. I'm going, wait, it's Derek Carr. It's a good old line. They got a good tight end. They got three good receivers. What's going on here? It's, it should look better than, than what it looks. All right? And, you know, the other side of this is uh, Jordan Love and the Packers are a big play offense. That's the one thing we're seeing right now. You know, it's actually a little bit like, hey, I wish they could string together some more consistency drives. But, I mean, their ability to go down the field and four and five play drives, 80 yards and score a touchdown, it's up there with anybody in the sport. Now, the Christian Watson injury is annoying. If they had him out there, they'd be a whole different animal on that side of the ball because Jordan Love looks very comfortable waiting for things to develop downfield and striking with those type of throws. I'm going to go Packers get right at home. Again, another team that's home opener in week three. That place is going to be crazy. And the short week of the Saints and the fact that I think they've been a little underwhelming, I'm going Packers 24-20. Well, close, close, not identical. Pete can attest. I've got 28-23 Packers. And and this one is kind of one of the ones I tentatively circle as a potential best bet because two seems like too few of a number of points to be given to the Saints, especially when you factor in they're going on the road to Lambeau after playing on Monday night with the Packers home opener. This just sets up to me as a win for the Packers. Jordan Love has looked good so far, better than people expected, and I feel like the Packers win this and get to 2-1. and one. Texans-Jaguars. Jaguars, nine-point favorites after losing at home to the Chiefs last week, over under a 44. By the way, Derek Stingley Jr., Texans cornerback, suffered a hamstring injury in practice today and could be placed on injured reserve. Wow. Texans already overmatched, down a key player. Minus nine before it moves to minus 10 or minus 11. I don't know how much that one injury is going to affect it. We're at least getting a shot at it at minus nine. Who do you like and by how many? Yeah, I, I mean, of course I like the Jaguars. The Jaguars, though, it, it, it is like what's going on with the offense, right? You know, it, it does feel like you know, the first two teams they played this year had a good feel for how the Jaguars like to attack. And, you know, the Jaguars might need to change a few things up. It does seem like, you know, the, the, the Chiefs, and the Colts were kind of all over some of their pass plays. It's not like you watch back the game and go, oh, Trevor Lawrence is missing people or there's people wide open. No, it's actually kind of the opposite where you go, man, they, you know, it's like these teams have been in the huddle with them a little bit. So 
a little splash of creativity, a zig where you zag, whatever, that has to happen for the Jaguars. They're too talented to be looking this way. Defense has been damn good. We know that. And it's just a Texans team that I think is overmatched here. Uh, I really do. I love the way C.J. Stroud has looked, but they put a ton on his plate the first two games. I mean, he's got to throw the ball 40-plus times in each game. That's not what they want to do. And now you're going to yeah, be missing a pretty good secondary player and Stingley Jr. there. I'm going to go Jaguars 27-14, Mike. All right, I got 31-20 Jacksonville, and I feel like this is one where Doug Peterson, their second-year head coach, is going to try to you know, put a foot up someone's butt to try to get this thing kick-started. He said yesterday that the it's-early-in-the-season excuse is worn out now. It's time to get things right. It's time to get things moving. Only nine points scored last week. Plenty of opportunities thanks to Chiefs turnovers. Nine points is not going to get it done against anyone, including the Texans. They need more points. I got 31-20, and the Jaguars move to 2-1. and one. The Texans fall to 0-3, and, and all remains right in the NFL world. The Broncos at the Dolphins. This one's fascinating in many ways. We talked earlier about Sean Payton, who was going to be the Dolphins' coach, the tampering with Payton and Tom Brady that caused the Dolphins to lose a first-round pick this year. Dolphins are six-and-a-half-point favorites. It's their home opener. They're 2-0. and They've got a couple of road wins to start the season 48-and-a-half over-under. Again, six-and-a-half-point favorites are the Dolphins. Tua Tonga-Vailoa has only been hit four times. Only Baker Mayfield has been hit fewer times so far this season. Do the Dolphins run at the 3-and-0, Chris? Yeah, the Dolphins, off of that point you're making right there, McDaniel makes it so hard to rush the quarterback because of all the movement, there's almost always some sort of play-action fake on first or second down, so D. Lyman always got to kind of stop for a second and then restart. And then the other thing that's different about the Dolphins this year compared to last year is the, the run game. It's legit this year. And Mike McDaniel's not getting too, like, I got to throw it, I got to throw it, I got to throw it. He's staying patient with it. It makes them really tough to defend when they do that. It really does. And I think we saw the Dolphins' defense turn the corner from that poor week one showing last week and what they did against the Patriots. You know, I think that's more true to what they are. And the Broncos, you know, we've yet to see their offense put a full, full game together here. So this is another one where I'll just file under, got to see it to believe it first. And I've seen Russell Wilson look good for the first two quarters in two games and then look below average in quarters three and four in two games. And that's where I've got to see something different there before I start to latch on. I think their defense will give Dolphins some issue, issues from time to time. Vance Joseph's a good damn coach for sure. But, and, and, of course, the Broncos are desperate here. It's, it's damn, we're going to go to 0-3, and we just paid Sean Payton $20 million a year. So they're going to get their best punch, but the Dolphins are just too good. I'm going 27-23 Dolphins. I've got 38-21 Dolphins, and, you know, it's – always risky to try to do the connective tissue thing from one game to the next but look at what's happened to the broncos they lose by a point to a raiders team that got blown off the field by a bills team that isn't as good as the dolphins and they lose to a commander's team that's screwed around with a cardinals team that's one of the worst in the nfl this has blowout potential written all over it and i know sean payton's gonna bust his ass to try to make chicken salad out of this, but we've already heard about the issues with play calling and processing and verbiage, and I just feel like the Dolphins are operating on a higher level than everyone else. You throw in that Vic Fangio is going to be pissed that he got fired by the Broncos. I think that some of these younger coaches kind of like seeing Sean Payton get his comeuppance after the comments about the Jets, and there's that past relationship between Robert Sala and Mike McDaniel from when they were with the 49ers. I just think it's going to be no mercy for the Broncos. The Broncos are overmatched, and it could get ugly. I'll go 38-21. It could get worse, and I'm looking at this one. I know I love the home favorites. Six and a half feels like not enough. I think this is at least a touchdown win for the Dolphins, if not 10, 12, 14 points, or as my score would suggest, 17. All right, time to blow the horn. Vikings with a couple of days extra to get ready for the Chargers. Both teams desperate. Vikings are one-point underdogs. Is that right? I thought the Vikings were one-point favorites. No, the Chargers are one-point favorites. Oh, boy. And the only over under the week above 50 is this game with 54. 
the Vikings have the passing game, don't have the running game. The Chargers, it's always something. I hope they double cover Justin Jefferson. Single coverage of Tyreek Hill did not work. Chris, who gets to one and two? Who falls to zero oh and three in this one? Well, and the Vikings are one point favorites. Is that right, Pete? The Vikings are one point favorites. All right. Sorry. So Vikings are one point favorite. You know, uh, Chargers can't stop the run, but you don't have to worry about that with the Vikings because they can't run the football. Right. I do expect a lot of points on the board here. I will say the Chargers offense has more balance than we've seen in years past. They can legitimately run and throw the ball at a pretty high level. It hasn't all matched up the way they wanted quite yet. But this is one that's going to as much respect as I have for Brian Flores. This might actually stress them out as much or more you know, than the Eagles did with as far as their balance and this quarterback and what they do. You know, on that side of the ball, it's going to be a tough task. Uh, I think it's a shootout here, and I do think that the Vikings will move the ball through the air, even without the run game. It doesn't really matter, but uh, I'm going to ride the Chargers here. I'm going to ride 30 to 28 in a fun, high-scoring football game. They pull it off with like a late field goal to go to one and two. Well, uh, we disagree again because I, even though I don't have a lot of faith in the Vikings' big picture. I think this just sets up – I said this two weeks ago about the home opener, too, against the Bucks, but this sets up as the Vikings <laughs> getting off the schneid against a team that just has struggled to, to finish, struggled to close. The Vikings have been in both games. I could see the Vikings getting a lead, holding the lead. Maybe it goes back and forth. Maybe it's game of the week. 35-31 is my score on this one. Justin Jefferson, 300 yards in two games, leads the NFL in receiving. And maybe they do. I don't know how long it's going to take them to get Cam Akers up to speed, but I assume the offense has many similarities to the offense in L.A. That's where Kevin O'Connell came from. Kevin O'Connell has two years with Cam Akers. So maybe you can plug him right in. And get him going. And if the Chargers, as you say, are having trouble with the run, maybe this is the game where the Vikings maybe discover it. Is. Christian Derisaw is one to watch in this one. He was limited in practice on Wednesday. I remember last week he was active for the game, and in that 90-minute period between listing the inactives and starting the game, he aggravated the ankle injury. If he can play, that makes a huge difference for the Vikings. And also Austin Eckler is a question mark for the Chargers and their running game. So something to keep an eye on. Uh, but uh, for now, we disagree. Vikings, I have, Chargers, Chris has, and we move on to the next game on the list, which is Patriots at the Jets. The Patriots have beaten the Jets 14 straight times. Patriots are three-point favorites at New York. Jets reeling from that loss to the Cowboys. Patriots 0-2. Over-under of 37, lowest of the week. Do the Patriots get their first win of the season? Well, this is going to be a tough defensive, low-scoring football game, right? That, that's what I expect out of this, just, just off the top here in the matchup. Both defenses are very good, right? You get down to the offenses and you go, okay, yeah, the Jets have more talent on offense, but I don't necessarily believe in their system more than the Patriots right now. I don't. And, you know, like Zach Wilson last week, like, did some good things. We saw that. But then the game got out of hand, and he throws three dumb interceptions, which is only going to allow, like, if he doesn't play good early, going to make the Boo Birds come out. I can't believe he did that, that he didn't play the game within the game, the politics of the sport a little bit, and play the right way. To be that loose with the football down 30-10 to 10 and just give all, you know, the, the mouth breathers of the world ammo to go after you. Uh, you know, shame on him, shame on Salah, shame on Nathaniel Hackett. That that should not have happened, and I'm going to blame all of them for that one. But these low-scoring, tough football games here, I'm going Patriots. I am. I got to see the Jets win one of these games first. I, again, there's another one where I'm going to throw into the category of got to see it to believe it first. I do. And I'm going to go with the Patriots to get the win on the road. I think they're going to give this Jets offense a tough time, and I think they'll do just enough on the offensive side of the ball. 20-13, to 13, Patriots. I originally had put down 23-20, but now I see the spread is Patriots minus three. So 
I will go 23-17. I think the Patriots win. I think the Patriots cover. The Patriots could be 2-0. and They've been in both of these games. Definitely. They've played teams with far superior talent to Agreed. them. And I feel like the Jets are still trying to figure it out. You know, one of the points you make, they got these young guys that pop off a little bit too much. they got to get this under control. They can't let one loss become two. I fear that they're going to let the Cowboys' loss become another loss before they finally stabilize things for – the New York Jets, and, and who knows where it goes from here, but we both like the Patriots to win. We both like the Patriots to cover. Last game in the 1 o'clock window for the third Sunday of the regular season, Bills, six-and-a-half-point favorites at the Commanders, a rematch of Super Bowl twenty six. Yeah, 26? 26. It was, yeah. I think it was 26. 37-23. Yeah. Uh, Washington won. Mark Rippon, MVP, game Game played at the Metrodome, Yeah, by the way. That's right. I remember being very excited that year. If the Vikings could get their shit together, they could be the first team to ever play the Super Bowl in their own stadium, but they didn't even make the playoffs that year, 1991. That was not a good year. That was Jerry Burns last year as the head coach, by the way. Over under 43.5, Bills 6.5-point favorites. Who do you like? Well, this is a scary game. All right, I'm going to go with the Bills here, but not by a lot. And the Commanders got talent. I mean, we know it's one of the best defensive lines in football. You know, last week we saw their secondary get better. You know, offensively, there's some firepower. And Sam Howell is like one of those guys where he just, he's going to go. He's going to pull the trigger. Something bad might happen, but more times than not, good things are happening right now. That's where it's scary. You know, you look at the talent on the football field, and I go, ooh, I, I mean, I don't know. It's very close. And a lot of there's a lot of positions where I'd go, I'll take Washington's guys. All right? But the Bills, we saw the defense play unbelievable last week, shut down the run game of the Raiders, who got a big offensive line, and Josh Jacobs. And, and they're, they're battle-tested. There is a culture of winning there with Buffalo that we can't forget about. Washington, you know, first week, little sloppy, get lucky. And then I don't want to say lucky, beat the Cardinals, but made some mistakes to make that game closer than it should be. Last week, really on the verge of being in deep shit, down 21-3, to and, and the, the Broncos moving the ball, and that's when Russell Wilson fumbled, left the pocket, didn't need to, whatever, and that kind of swung the pendulum back in their direction here. I do think that the commanders will keep this close, but – I'm going to go with Josh Allen magic and every, and that he plays more like he did last week rather than week one. And they got a running game going last week, which is a positive thing here. I'm going to go Bills 23-20 in a tight one on the road. This is another one where I look at the connective tissue. Commanders screwed around with the Cardinals. Commanders screwed around with the Broncos. Bills should have won week one. I think they just got knocked off kilter by the Aaron Rodgers injury. They thought it was going to be easy, and they realized it wasn't. Josh Allen searching for 21-point plays in the playbook, trying to do too much. That settled down. That evened out. Total team effort. They blew out the Raiders. I think they win by 10 on the road, 31-21. As that running game continues to flourish, Gabe Davis finally in a regular season game had an impact. Right. Josh Allen doing Josh Allen things. And uh, the, the, the commanders, they don't feel like a 3-0 and team. Sorry, Matthew Barry, your commanders don't feel like a 3-0 and team, and the Bills definitely don't feel like a 1-2 and team. The Bills need this one, and they still remember how they felt in the aftermath of that Week 1 game. I think they get the win, and I think they get it by 10. Let's take a break. When we return, the 4 o'clock games, including the suddenly beleaguered Justin Fields against Patrick Mahomes. We'll do that when Chris Sims Unbuttoned and PFTPM continue right after this. Hey, pet parents, are you searching for the perfect place for your dog to play? Check out Camp Bow Wow. Our safe and supervised doggy daycare and boarding ensures your pup gets the socialization they crave while giving you peace of mind. With our certified staff and clean and spacious facilities, your dog will have a blast making friends and staying active. Join the Camp Bow Wow pack today. Your first day is free. Visit us at CampBowWow.com. Franchise opportunities available. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the app and use promo code PFTLive when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. All right, here we go. Four o'clock games. Week three, Panthers at the Seahawks. Seattle, after that embarrassing, unexpected home loss to the Rams to start the season, they beat the Lions in overtime. Panthers 0-2, the only 0-2 team in the NFC South. Seahawks are six-point favorites, over-under of 41-and-a-half. Bryce Young may not play. Pete Carroll was doing the whole over-the-top Lou Holtz thing about Bryce Young yesterday. Young's got an ankle injury in the aftermath of the Week 2 loss to the Saints. Chris, who do you like? Do you think it's weird that they're going to – they even talk about in short-yarded situations they're going to take Bryce Young out of the game because it might get – take some wear and tear off of them. I mean, don't you think that's weird? It's the number one pick in the draft, and well, we're already configuring the game so he doesesn't have to do certain things. That's odd. Well, yeah. Why, why? I mean, it's short yardage. Just hand the ball off, I, right? I, I mean, you I don't, don't have to run a you don't have to run a quarterback sneak. I, I don't. You no, can do either. something else, right? Agreed. It's yeah. just it's it's all weird. It's all weird. It really is. It hasn't looked they, good. Pete Carroll had a rationalization. Yeah. Right. Let me just say this real quickly. Yeah. They had a rationalization for taking him even though he was small. Because the trend would have been, after what happened with Tua last year, no small quarterbacks. Right. No guys who are going to get ragged all around by defensive linemen. We see what happens. It's a copycat league. You, that's a reason to say, no, we want Anthony Richardson or C.J. Stroud. But that's when the owner gets involved. That's yeah. what happens. Yeah. And and now it's all like, what do we got to do? Because we thought he was going to get rid of the ball before he got hit. He's getting hit, and he's getting hurt. And, yeah, we're not putting him on the field in short yardage situations because we don't want somebody getting a free shot at Bryce Young if he decides to run a quarterback sneak. Anyway, yeah. uh, it's, it's just weird. And Pete Carroll weird. was really, really over the top about Bryce Young, and I thought that was a little weird. Well, too. it is. He's a good bullshitter. We know that about Pete. I mean, that, that's, he's, he's totally bullshitting because it hasn't looked good yet. So you can say whatever he wants. It's not looked good at all. Their, their offense is Strugglesville, USA. I mean, that's what it is right now. So, yeah, I mean, it's hard to pick the Panthers the way they've looked on that side of the ball. Their game is all predicated on their defense, and can they keep you under 17 points, 14 points, and hopefully, you know, the offense can, can do something here and there just to make it a game or win it on the last drive. But I just think here on the road in this environment, right? The Seahawks defense has talent. It does. You know, they haven't played their best football yet here. They've kind of been slow starter on that side of the ball the last few years here, but I, I still think they're going to give this Panthers offense some big issue, big problems. And the Seahawks, we know, have talent on, on the offensive side of the ball as well. And I think they probably figured, they figured some things out last week and what they did and how they want to approach the game, right? Uh, you know, week one, Raheem Morris and them, Pretty good understanding of that scheme. The offensive coordinator from the Seahawks is from the Rams. So, I mean, that's why I'm never in favor of hiring an offensive coordinator within the division because now you're playing a team twice a year that knows your offense. Like, and you don't know it as well. And, and he got taught by, you know, somebody better in McVay. I'm going Seahawks 24-13. Kind of an ugly game, but they win it by 11 at home. Almost identical 24-17 was my pick both of us like the Seahawks to cover. And, hey, the Seahawks, I think, buoyed by their ability to go in and beat the Lions, stealing the Honolulu Blue ski mask, big win for them, the kind of thing that can be the, the ripcord on a run here. And they get a Panthers team who is down, who may have Bryce Young out, and if not out, still banged up a little bit. This is a good spot for the Seahawks, I believe, to win and to cover. All right, Cowboys at the Cardinals. 12.5-point favorites. This is the number one team in the PFT Power Rankings versus the number 32 team. Yes, the Cardinals barely lost to the Commanders, and they were ahead by three touchdowns. They got all these Cardinals fans that are pissed off because they're number 32. Well, somebody's got to be number 32, and they are 0-2, and they've lost both games, and they pissed away a three-touchdown lead. That's not good. 
the car, the Cowboys coming to town after winning their games by a combined score of 70 to 10. That's not good for the Cardinals either. Chris over under is 43. Who do you like? And by how many? Well, you could argue the Cowboys have looked the, like the best team in football through the first two weeks. I don't, I don't think you could argue it. It's like, it, it's, you know, it's, they're definitely in the top two or three teams in football as it stands right now, going into week three defense has been shut down. We know that it's the best pass rush in football. And the best defensive player on football on top of that. And then offensively, last week showed me a lot. It did. You know, week one, they weren't put to a test. Week two, that was a good Jets defense. And Dak Prescott and company and Mike McCarthy, it was a hell of a game plan, understanding the rules of the Jets defense. Prescott was patient. He just said, okay, if I have to throw it five and six yards at a time, so be it but we're going to stay on the field, move the chains, you know, eat up some clock. They did it the right way. I think they dominate the Cardinals here, 31-14 Cowboys. I've got, what is it? I've got the number here somewhere. I lost track of it. 40-24 to Cowboys. And the offenses look good. The defenses look good. And, look, we know that those correction games are lurking and maybe the Cowboys look past someone. Yeah, that's where you they worry can look about past it. The Cardinals and still and yeah. still cover. Right. They, I mean, but they're going to win. I know hey, that, the but Cardinals you're right. Smack them in the mouth early. Right. right. Yeah. The the the, cow, the Cowboys will find a way to pull it out, even if the Cardinals get lucky and get up by ten or fourteen points or something like that. The Cowboys understand that they've got something special going. It's still early in the season. They need to establish more momentum. There's some big games lurking, including Sunday Night Football Week Five. Cowboys 49ers who boy that's going to be if they are both undefeated going into that game or even if they aren't that's going to be a huge game with a huge rating coming up in just about what two and a half weeks all right next one same spread 12 and a half points Chiefs hosting the Bears the very bad news Bears coming into Kansas City the Chiefs trying to to give their home fans something other than the turd they dropped a couple of weeks ago to start the season after Chubbs dropped all those passes. Uh, 47.5 is the over-under. I, I suspect we're both taking the Chiefs. The question is, do we both think the Chiefs will cover? Well, I, I, I'm going to yes and yes right now. Like, the, the star of the show is the Chiefs' defense so far. They've been phenomenal. I mean, creative, aggressive, shut down last week, the, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars offense. So... You know, I look at that and go, yeah, I don't see a lot of routes for success for this Bears offense that's struggling, and now you're going to be dissected more because of the Justin Fields comments and everything there. And he's not playing well either. And then I, I just look at the, the other side of the ball, and the Bears defense hasn't been very good through the first two weeks. I think this is going to be the get-right game for the Chiefs here. So I'm going 31-17, Chiefs. I've got 34-20, so basically the same idea. And, you know, the problem with the Bears, Matt Eberflus is still a new coach. He hasn't had a lot of experience. And this whole Wednesday distraction with the Justin Fields comment and the Allen Williams resignation and the report false of an FBI raid at Hallis Hall, it's just a lot of shit to come back from. It is. When you've got the Chiefs staring you in the face. So 0-3 for the Bears, 2-1 for the Chiefs, 34-20 Kansas City wins. We're going to take a break. The primetime games next, including the Sunday night game, which features the first ever trip by the Pittsburgh Steelers to Las Vegas. We'll discuss that and more when Chris Sims unbuttoned in PFTPM Joint Megapix podcast continues right after this. Did I say podcast? The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, all odds provided by DraftKings as we continue the PFTPM. Chris Sims unbuttoned at joint mega pissed. Mega, mega piss mega pissed. podcast. Mega, I fucked it up twice now. I was thinking that I said podcast on the way to break, and I was going to make a comment about saying podcast, and I screwed up picks before I could make a comment about saying 
podcast, which is a different kind of show, one of which Chris would be. I'd be uh, the star of that one. I'd be good at that one. So here we go with the joint mega pissed podcast, Sunday Night Football. The Pittsburgh Steelers head to Las Vegas for the first time ever to take on the Raiders. The Raiders are favored by two and a half points with an over-under of 43. That's surprising to me. The pasta and meatballs begin to churn when I see the Steelers as two and a half point underdogs. The team that just got the shit kicked out of it by the Bills. Who do you like, Chris? Who well, do you like? I mean, it's not that shocking. I mean, the Steelers arguably have the worst offense in football right now. I mean, it's a fucking miracle they won the other night. They had to break the best running back in the football's legs with a kind of a borderline cheap shot, in my opinion. And then, I mean, Deshaun Watson. Horrible interception, horrible fumble, horrible everything. I mean, like you said earlier, you said earlier today, they, they were down by three and had negative seven yards in offense in the fourth quarter and won the game. They're not going to be able to do that this week. I, I'm going to go with the Raiders here. You know, yeah, this is a coin flip game. It's scary, but I have more faith in the Raiders offense that way. And I, I still don't know. I don't think the Steelers defense is, is special. It's good, but I don't think it's special. And I do worry about them stopping the run for the second week in a row. Uh Uh-oh, I saw him leave the screen. I know what's coming. All right? And then I got to see that Steelers offense look worth a damn first here. So I'm going to go Raiders 24-21. I need to bring this with me. On Sunday. I think I do. I think I will. Yeah, you should. I think I'll bring it. I think I'll be like Carrot Top and have props in the studio. First, I got to get it right side up. Yeah. So, uh, yes, Steelers 24-21, pasta and meatballs. Maybe we'll have that for dinner. Maybe that'll be the spread on Sunday night after we finish football night in America. But I, I when you call it a coin flip game, any coin flip game, Mike Tomlin has a way to will the coin to heads. Another primetime game. I think, I hope, I pray that at some point this week, Mike Tomlin has gone into Matt Canada and said, can we devise a game plan that would entail maybe looking in the direction of George Pickens once before the middle of the second quarter? Yeah, right. Can we at least use this guy? I have a theory that, and, and I don't think you and I have talked about this, I have a theory that they really don't want to create a monster that would command a huge contract after his third season, which will be after the 2024 season. If he has this tremendous, if he, if they let him play to his potential, they'd have to pay him 30 million a year after the 2024 season. And I think they want to avoid that. I, that's the only explanation for it. Why would you not fully embrace this guy who has the potential to be the best receiver in football? And that's not an exaggeration. So maybe they will on Sunday night. If they do, they win the game. 24, 21 is my score. Yeah, we'll see. You know, I, I, I hear your theory there. I just, uh, I think the offense lacks creative ways to do anything. So it's just when I watch it, I just go, it, it, it's too simple. And, you know, that's where it, it's got to change a little bit. But I do agree with you in the fact that they got to get that guy the ball a whole lot more. He's by far their most explosive, dangerous weapon on that side of the ball. I could design the offense for the Steelers that would be more effective than the one they currently have. I could do it. I could do it. Get the ball to number 14 every freaking play. All right, Monday Night Football. Another, another, hey, yeah, two games at the same time. Yeah, split screen. Yeah, come on, man. We don't need two games at once, but we're getting two games at once. It starts with Eagles, Bucks, Philadelphia, five-point favorite. They get the extra day from Thursday all the way to Monday to get ready to take on the 2-0 Buccaneers who are at home for the second straight week. The over-under is 46. Do the Buccaneers hand or the Eagles their first loss, or do the Eagles send the Buccaneers to 2-1? and one? Yeah, I know. How is it that the Eagles, the most talented team in football, have gotten the easiest first week, eight weeks of scheduling two years in a row, right? It is kind of amazing. They have not looked great, though. You know, the Eagles have, have underwhelmed as far as we know how talented they are. They're still finding their way on the offensive side of the ball. Now, the passing game has not looked good at all. They're missing Shane Steichen. He's special. And this Buccaneers D is good. All right, th- this is where I do think this will be the first, you know, this will be the first defense that I think can slow down this run game of the Eagles to a degree 
and they're going to put it on Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown in the passing game to kind of come through. Now, the other side of the ball, the Bucks' offense has made some plays and done some good things, but I don't know if I can sit here and think, ooh, they're going to consistently march the ball down the field against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. I have been pleasantly surprised with how well they protected the quarterback in Baker Mayfield. That's a positive thing, but this is a different animal this week. You know, we know that. I'm going to go in a tough football game on the road here. I'm going to take the Eagles, but not to cover the spread. I'm going to go 21-17. I got 24-21. Same thing. Because I had to stop myself earlier. The Eagles are unbeaten, but they don't feel like they're unbeaten. No. They don't feel like they should be 2-0. and uh, And uh, I think this one will be close. And I think the Buccaneers will give them all they can handle. And I think the Buccaneers cover, but the Eagles win. So we're in agreement there. Rams at Bengals to wrap week three. Rematch of Super Bowl 56. Bengals are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Joe Burrow's status is uncertain at best, over under a 43-and-a-half. Chris, where are you going on this one? Yeah, I, I mean, this is a big game. This ain't going to be easy. I'm going to take the Bengals, right? But I don't think it's it's going to be easy. One, you know, this offense and Zach Taylor, you've heard my concerns there. It's very simple. Raheem Morris is a defensive genius. He is. You saw what he did in week one. He did a good job last week, totally undermanned against the 49ers, and their team hung in there, made some plays when they needed to. Uh, that, he he's, continues this. I mean, of course, he deserves to be a head coach. He really does. But I think they'll have a knowledge of this simple West Coast offensive style that the Bengals play, and they're going to be all over it. Uh, now, the other side of the ball, hey, th- this will be a tough task for, for the uh, – the Rams offense. You know, th- that that's that's where I do worry. Stafford's been awesome. There's no doubt about that. I think Lou Anaromo and the s- scheme they play though, I think they'll have more capabilities of taking away some of these underneath throws to, you know, Nakua that they've been taking advantage of. The way they play, their quarters, they'll double guys, they'll do a lot of different stuff on that side. Tough football game, Bengals 23-20. Rams 27 23. Late touchdown. Yeah. Hey, I've been accused of not believing in the Rams. Well, they didn't give us any reason to believe in them. They have the first two weeks of the season. Yeah. They beat the Seahawks in their own building. They played the 49ers tougher than anyone expected, especially with that, that meaningless field goal with four seconds left to cover the spread. But I worry about Joe Burrow. That calf is not healed. And he could sit on his ass all week long. And when it's time to go out and play and plant your foot and move, what's going to happen? It's going gonna, it's gonna to strain again. He's not going to be 100%. We've seen him struggle in both games. The Rams are overachieving. As long as their key players are healthy, the Rams are fine. It's when guys start getting banged up that it becomes a problem. Matthew Stafford is healthy for now. Aaron Donald is healthy for now, that is huge. They've cleared out Cam Akers, who was clearly a negative presence. Doesn't matter that Cooper Cup's on IR. Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell are doing very well for the Rams. I like the Rams to win this game. This is a way to kind of stick it in everyone's face, and I'd rather not be one of the ones into whose face it is stuck. Let's take a break. Best bets in Folsom Prison Blues pick when PFTPM and Chris Sims unbutton continue right after this. Chris Sims on Button PFTPM, my favorite little mini segment of the week. We have more time than usual to elaborate on our best bets on our one team that we take straight up. We call it the Folsom Prison Blues pick, and Pete tells me I'm wasting it. Thank you, Pete, for talking while I'm trying to talk. Chris, give me your first pick All for right. your best bet. Uh, I'm, you know, I know you don't like when I do this, but I'm going to do it. I'm going with tonight. Thursday night. Yeah, yeah. I like to get that one under my belt to put the pressure on you right off the bat, right? So, yeah, I'm going to take the 49ers. The injuries on the offensive line for the Giants, their best pass rusher, Ojolari, not playing. Saquon out. And, oh, yeah, it's the home opener for the 49ers and the best team in football. Yeah, okay, I'll take the uh, 49ers to cover that 10.5-point spread. I'm telling John Mara. (laughs) <laughs> that you're doing that, that you're picking the Giants to lose by 10.5 points, and suddenly I am rooting for the Giants to cover. All right, look, I get accused all the time of always taking a home team 
that is favored. So I'm taking a road dog this week. You going to give me three and a half points if I'm the Titans coming into Cleveland where the Browns feel a little wobbly right now? I'll take the three and a half points because I think the Titans are going to win the game straight up. So give me the Titans. Booyah. Good, good for you. I, 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 I agree with you. The Titans are going to win, but that's, it's, it's scary. That Browns team has got talent. That's what scares me from making it a best bet. I'm going with another huge number here. I'm taking the Cowboys. All right. I know the spread's high, but I don't give a damn. If they play like they've been playing, they're going to easily cover the spread. I got a 31-14 anyways. Cowboys cover that 12-and-a-half point spread. Give me the Packers, giving the Saints two for the reasons we previously discussed. That line is too low. The Packers are at home. The Saints are on a short week after coming from Carolina to New Orleans to Green Bay. Give me the Packers. Call me a whore for big spreads, okay? I like them big, all right? I'm going. <laughs> you like that? I'm going with the Chiefs. All right, oh. I'm going to pick that one. All right. <laughs> Dolphins giving six and a half to the Broncos. It should be a 12-point spread. I think the Dolphins are clearly superior. All right, give me your false in prison blues. Pick the one team that you would take straight up if you could only pick one team. Cowboys. I got the, the Cardinals. Chiefs. Yeah. Chiefs. You're taking the Chiefs. The Bears are a hot mess. Yeah, they All are. Right. As are we. That's it. Enjoy the game. See ya. Let's go. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.